Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Are we good? Loving life? Good. My one bit of advice my mum gave me this morning was when you get up, don't be hyper. (laughs) What is that about? Don't be hyper. Come on, mother. All right. Last week, we began our new teaching series called I Am Peter, where we are exploring uh, the accounts written about Peter. And Sim kicked us off, and we looked at Matthew 16, where Jesus asked Peter, Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter says, Jesus, you're the the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Peter says, well, Peter, uh, you are Peter. You are the rock on which I will build my church. And Sim finished uh, last week with asking the question, who is Jesus to you? Because when we receive clarity about who Jesus is, we receive clarity about who we are. So last week we looked at Matthew 16, and this week we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, the account written about Peter there. And uh, here at Freedom Church, we love God's word, and so we're going to read a good chunk of it today. Okay, so you've got to bear with us. So it's a, it's a long passage. So if you've got Acts chapter 2 uh, open, that would be really helpful. It'll be on the screen as well. So we're going to read uh, a lot of uh, Acts chapter 2. So here we go. On the day of Pentecost... All the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were some devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. Right, just bear with me. Okay, I'll give it a go. Okay, here we go. I've lost my place. These words are so small. Okay, so Parthians, Medes, Elamites, looks like Emirates, uh, people from Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, and province of Asia, uh, Phygia, uh, Pamphylia, uh, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts of Judaism, Cretans, it carries on, and Arabs, and we are all here, we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. And they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. And then Peter stepped forward. Peter, our main guy, he stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully. All of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is way too early for that. No, what you see here was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit among all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. 
And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn uh, blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him back to life for death, released him from the horrors of death, and raised him back to life, for death could not keep its grip on him. King David said this about him. I say, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future And speaking of the Messiah's resurrection, he was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he exalted. He's exalted in the place of the highest honor in heaven, at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see here today. For David said, Himself, never ascending into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the right place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. Long time? He preached for a long time. Strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. 3,000 people. That's a lot of people. 3,000 in all. Thanks be to God for his words. I love it. Do you love it? Good. Good, good, good. Okay, so the day of Pentecost was a huge festival. It was a huge festival for the Jews as it celebrated uh, the wheat harvest. They came and thanked God for his provision, like we did this morning. We're thanking God for his provision. And the day of Pentecost was also, in some Jewish traditions, um, uh, associated with showing respect to the law that God had given them. 
and also as a celebration of his covenant, his promise that he made to his people. And on this particular day, something caught these Jewish visitors' eyes, right? They, they, were, they were celebrating the festival, they were there, they were living in Jerusalem for this festival, and something caught their attention, enough for everyone to come running. You see, because in a room not too far away, uh, not too far so they could hear the loud noises, were the believers. They were the believers, and they were meeting there like they did uh, when Jesus ascended to heaven. They met together, and this is where they were meeting. And a sudden sound from heaven, like a windstorm. Has anyone been in a windstorm? No one. Okay, yes. Okay, the top leaves, probably in somewhere abroad. Tanzania, that's the one. Okay, a windstorm, a loud windstorm happened. And it might have looked like this because tongues of fire was on their heads. That's a pretty cool picture. Uh, Tongues of fire appeared on each of them and they were filled with the Spirit. Everyone who was present was filled with the Spirit. And they all started speaking in different languages. Now, these Jews, visiting Jews, uh, a bit like tourists, they, they, they heard this loud noise and they thought, what on earth is that? And so they came running. They came running to the noise and said, well, hold on. This is the strangest thing. Because you guys are Galileans and you're speaking in languages that we understand. That makes no sense at all. How can this be? This is the strangest thing. Is that, if that's the queen, I would really like to speak to her. <laughs> it, it, it's not. Oh, I, had a, I had a dream that I met the queen the other day. It was so cool. I love the queen. Okay, anyway, uh, so these Jewish visitors had heard the noise and came running. And they said, this is the strangest thing. These Galileans are speaking our languages. How can this be? And at this point, the crowd piped up. We love the crowd, don't we, in the Bible? The crowd piped up. And they, and they just dismissed this incredible event uh, to alcohol. They said, they're just drunk. This is nothing. This means nothing. This is just a party gone on too long into the morning. They're all drunk. They're just smashed. They have no idea what they're talking about. Now, at at this point, I love this. All the believers are like soaking up the spirit. They are loving life. Anyone been to a worship service like that? They're just soaking it up. They're taking selfies with the flames of fire on their head. They're speaking in languages they've never learned. Maybe not the selfies. But they are loving life. They've been filled with the spirit. And then in verse 14, it says this. Then, I love that. Then, Peter stood up and addressed the crowd. Then Peter stood up and addressed the crowd. Now, if this isn't a beautiful moment, I don't know what is. Because Peter stands up and he preaches the first sermon of the Christian church. That's so cool. He stands up and preaches the first sermon about Jesus Christ. And that, I just love that. What a beautiful moment for Peter. Now, but it's hard because Peter's in this kind of situation where he's got Jews over here that are like, what does this mean? And then he's got the crowd over here saying, oh, this is just utter ridiculous. But Peter stood. Peter took to his feet and addressed the crowd. Peter was a man of many things. But first and foremost, from this day on, he was a man of the Spirit. He was a man of the Spirit. 
Because he had the Jewish, uh, the Jewish visitors. They, what does this mean? Now, that question is an incredible opportunity. It doesn't come along very often. Where someone goes, can you explain the Christian faith to me, please? That would be really good. And you're like, oh, my word. Yes, okay. Uh, uh, what did I learn in Sunday school? Uh, okay, uh, Jesus is pretty, uh, pretty important. Uh, you know, the, the questions don't come up. And this was an incredible opportunity for Peter to address these Jewish uh, visitors that were curious about what was going on. And yet he had the crowd over here, as I, as I said before, they, they were just ridiculing them, they were mocking them and saying, they're just drunk. But Peter stood, and I can tell you why. This is, this is the why Peter did it. Because he was led by the one who had just filled him. He'd just been filled with the Holy Spirit and stood to address the crowd. Now, question, have you ever felt led by the Spirit? Some of you are nodding, that's good. Now, question number two, have you ever felt led by the Spirit and bottled it? Yes. yes. <laughs> um, when I was younger, I worked for McDonald's, and I'm still loving it. And uh, <laughs> people, do, people do say, do you get bored? I'm like, No. It's so good. Anyway, okay, so I was working for McDonald's, and uh, before I could drive, I sometimes took the bus. And so on this particular day, I took the bus, and I was sat uh, near the front of the vehicle of the bus. And as I sat down, I saw a man and a woman sat across from me. And the woman was in a wheelchair. And instantly, clear as day, I felt incredibly led to go and pray for her. It took me five seconds to talk myself out of it. Five seconds. And it took the rest of the journey to try and convince myself of the accuracy of the excuses that I'd come up with. I wonder if you've ever experienced that. Where you felt the Spirit lead you, and yet you've bottled it. Bill Hybels is a church pastor. He's an um, incredible leader, world-class leader. And he said this, it will come up on the screen. Um, he says in his book called uh, Just Walk Across the Room, if I'm serious about being transformed by God's spirit, then I can't shy away from the discomfort and awkwardness and ambiguity that exists when I abandon my safe circle of comfort. The upside is too great for it allows us to be a part of something immeasurably greater than ourselves. If we are to make a difference, right, we, that's what we're here to do. It's part of who we are as Freedom Church, to make a difference. If we, if we are going to make a difference, we have to know, we must know the Holy Spirit and his leading. And to, to go through with it, we have to. Because if we don't, we will miss out on immeasurably greater things than ourselves. On the bus, those years ago, I missed out. And I regret it to this day. I missed out on something immeasurably greater than myself. If we are to be a people of the Spirit, we must take his leading. And Peter was great at that on this day. And, and if you read Acts, and as we go through the series, he was a man of the Spirit and was led by him. In Galatians 5, Paul talks about walking by the Spirit. Uh, if you're a part of a connect group, we love connect groups here at Freedom Church. And at connect group, you'll be looking a bit more at Galatians 5, uh, which is walking with the Spirit. Paul talks about walking with the Spirit. Now, do we walk with the Spirit? Because if we don't, we're missing out. We are missing out on what God has for us. The why Peter stood up 
and spoke to the crowd was because he was led. And the how he did it was because he was empowered. The Spirit leads and the Spirit empowers us. Uh, a couple of months ago, I had the privilege of speaking at a uh, youth weekend away for Highfield Church in Southampton. We went to Avon Tyrrell, which is a great facility. And I was a speaker, and I was able to communicate with them a little bit more about who God was uh, in terms of the Trinity. And I was reminded again of this uh, incredible uh, imagery. So think of the Trinity like this, okay? So God the, God the Father says, let there be light. Okay, so he's the one who speaks. So he said, let there be light. And then Jesus is the way. And so he is like the one who goes to the light switch and turns it on. The Holy Spirit is the electricity that allows the light bulb to turn on. Father is the source Jesus is the way, and the Holy Spirit is the power. The truth is, without the Holy Spirit, we have no power. Without God's Spirit, we have no power. Isn't it the most frustrating thing? When you're sat there, eating your dinner, watching a movie, and the, the room goes dark, and the TV goes blank. You've had a power cut. Aren't they the most inconvenient things? So annoying. Because you don't have movies, you don't have Wi-Fi, you don't have battery, and you don't have power. It's so frustrating. I find it frustrating when I don't have what I need to be able to do a job. I find that really frustrating. Anyone else like that? When you don't have what you need. Alex has been amazing. Uh, Alex Maxwell works for BT, right? And we've been wanting Wi-Fi in the Freedom Center for weeks, and Alex was that power that made that happen. Thank you, Alex, uh, to, for allowing us to have Wi-Fi. But power, we need power, and it's so frustrating when we don't have it. Are you frustrated that you don't have the power? Because if we are frustrated, that's good. That's holy frustration. And so let's hunger, let's long for more of that power, more of the Spirit. Real living, living, living is a different thing, but real living is about living every moment plugged in to the source of power. How many days do we wake up and not plug ourselves in? It's the stupidest thing. I'm just, I'm just, I do it all the time. I'm like, what are you doing? That's so stupid. Why would you not plug yourself in? Because we need the power to do what God has asked us to do. And I just figured, you know, we're church, we're family. And I figured that in this uh, next few moments, we'd ask the Holy Spirit to come. And we're not going to make it a big fad. We're not going to have any music or anything like that. We're just going to ask him to fill us again. And so we're going to take a few moments now just to ask him to come. You may have come in this morning feeling unplugged. You may have come in feeling tired, weary, frustrated. And so we're going to ask him to come and fill us. So let's pray. Father, you are good. Father, you are the source of everything we know. Father, we, we glorify you. We give you all the praise that you're so worthy of. And Jesus, my goodness, we thank you for your sacrifice. Jesus, thank you for coming to save us, to die on that cross and to rise three days later and for ascending to heaven. And as you did, thank you that you sent down your spirit. And Holy Spirit, we love you. We want to declare that you are great. And we ask you to come. 
Father, would you fill us with your spirit? Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. You are welcome in this place, in our hearts. We are willing, we are open to be filled again with you. Holy Spirit, we wait for you just for these few moments this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for who you are. We thank you for your goodness and your grace and your leadership. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for, for coming uh, this morning. And we ask that you to keep reminding us to plug in to the source of power, which is you. In Jesus' name. Amen. That could have got very messy, but that's okay. It was nice and tidy. <laughs> Whatever's of God, bring it on, hey? Peter was a man of the Spirit. I want to be a person of the Spirit. Do you? We as Freedom Church, do we want to be a people of the Spirit? We can be that. We can do that. We just got to plug in to the source and know his leading and be empowered by him. So Peter, number one, was a man of the spirit. And number two, Peter was a man of the word. Now, as we're reading through Acts chapter two, you may have noticed that he refers to scripture. And back then, scripture for them would have been what we call now the Old Testament, because the New Testament was being lived out. It was kind of in the printing process. Okay, so uh, scripture for them was the Old Testament. Thank you, Joe. She laughed at that joke. Uh, so uh, Peter was a, a man of the word because he, he knew the word. He knew the scripture. And when he responds to the, the Jewish visitors here and the crowd, uh, that's what he does. He refers to the word. And first of all, he uh, refers to Joel. Now, Joel, we don't talk about Joel very often. Uh, he's a prophet. Uh, he's got his own book. He's a special lad. Uh, so he has his own book. He's, he's a prophet. Now, a prophet is someone who hears the words of the Lord uh, as messages and passes them on to his people. And that's who Joel was. And he uh, specializes in prophesying about the last days, uh, the, Lord, the, the, the day of the Lord, uh, and encourages, always in, is encouraging God's people to... Uh, turn back to God, to turn away from their wickedness and turn to God. And that's, that's what he did. And the, the section that Peter refers to is a prophecy about what they've just experienced. Uh, they've just experienced the outpouring of the Spirit. God told Joel all those years ago to tell his people that one day, there will be a day where God will pour out his Spirit among all people, not just to the priests, 
not just to the leaders, not just to those who visit the temple, not to those who just work at the temple, but all people who call on the name of the Lord will receive his spirit. Now, this was mind-boggling for them. Uh, So they wouldn't have a clue what Joel was talking about back then. But now Peter was connecting up the dots. He knew that, and he was like, oh, this, this is talked about in Joel. Joel talks about this. This was prophesied. This day is a day of fulfilling prophecy. And so Peter talks kind of unknowingly. Uh, uh, sorry, Joel talks about this unknowingly back then. And Peter goes, that's what's happening. That's what's occurring. We have seen the outpouring of the Spirit. And he continues, uh, Peter continues, but he changes the focus. He's very good at that. Uh, he kind of changes the focus to what it's all about. Jesus. Uh, so uh, it's all about Jesus, and he changes the focus to Jesus and uh, talks about uh, how Jesus was the Messiah. And, and back then, the, the Messiah was who the Jews were waiting for, right? The, the, the prophets had promised, uh, God had promised through the prophets a Messiah that would come and save the people. And so Peter talks of Jesus' death and resurrection and then refers to Psalm 16. Uh, You might have noticed that in Acts when we read chapter 2. He refers to Psalm 16 where the great King David talks unknowingly, because back then he had no idea about Jesus, unknowingly about Jesus' death and resurrection. And Peter's just explaining this. Look, David didn't uh, rise from the dead. He wasn't unshaken because he was a man. He lived, he died, and he was buried. And his tomb is here with us now. That's what Peter was saying. But what he was really talking about David was talking about the Messiah, the one you've been waiting for, the one who is going to come and save the world. This is Jesus, the one who you've been longing for. And he said in verse 24 of Acts 2, Peter says, But God raised him from the dead, freeing him, Jesus, from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. That's just goodness on a stick, isn't it? Death could not hold him down. Boom. Have it. Come on. (laughs) Have it. I mean, it's so cool. Jesus and Peter here stood addressed the crowd. And he knew the word. And he goes, look, this is what it said years ago. And it's happening today. Have it. (laughs) It's so good. And I love that. And I love that Peter refers to the word. Because the word is like a two-edged sword. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Question, do we love the word? Do we love his word? I want to love it more, but I do love it a bit, but I want to love it more. Because it's God's word. People go, oh, I'm not hearing from God. I find it really hard to listen to him. Open up the book. He says it in here. It's God's word. You know, how often do we read it, study it, delve into it, meditate on it? David said in the in the Psalms, isn't he? Psalms, Psalms. (laughs) Good grief! It's been a long week. Um, You know, he says in the Psalms, "I meditate on your word day and night. I love your word." Peter was a man of the word. I want to be a person of the word. Do you want to be a person of the word? I want to be a person of the word and go, God, I know your word. When someone asks me a question, what does this mean? I can tell you that because I read it this week. Oh, I'm feeling really discouraged. Don't worry because the word says that God is your rock. Oh, I'm feeling down. Don't worry because the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. The word says it. So that's how it should be. What God says is, I love that. 
Who else is that? Who else does that? What God says is, boom, have it. Come on. <laughs> Peter was a man of the word. I want to love the word. We've got some uh, scriptures on uh, the, the board here. You know, if, if the word of the Lord are, are flawless, like silver purified, like gold refined seven times, as David wrote in Psalm 12, then let's memorize it and use it in all circumstances. If God's word is a lamp to our feet, a light on the path, as it reads in Psalm 119, let it be our go-to in times of trouble. If the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, then let's use it. Let's be transformed by it, by the renewing of our minds. In Romans 12, as Paul says, be renewed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how does that happen? By God's word. God's word is powerful. If Paul urges us to take hold of the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to fight off the evil forces of this world, then let's take it up. Are we holding the sword? What? Are we holding it? Are we using it to fight off those, uh, those sentences and words and discouragements that come into our head? Are we using it? Oh, you're no good. No, that's not true because the word doesn't say that. Oh, you're no, no, that doesn't say that. The word says this. I believe in the word. We've got to love the word. We've got to know the word to be able to do what God has called us to do. Peter was a man of the spirit. Peter was a man of the word. Are we going to be people of the spirit? Are we going to be a people of the word? Now, we've got a, a few minutes left. That doesn't happen normally. Uh, okay, so uh, the challenge I've got before us is this. I've got uh, post-it notes. Everyone loves post-it notes. Uh, we've got some pens. And what I want everyone to do is to grab a post-it note. I want you to grab a post-it note. And on this post-it note, I want you to... Uh, to write on it either the word spirit or the word word. <laughs> Lol. Uh, so the, either the word spirit or the word word. So oh, the challenge is for you, which one of these two areas do you want to grow? Which area do you want to grow? Do you want to grow in the spirit? Do you want to know him more? Or do you want to grow in the word? Now, obviously, we need both. This is good. <laughs> it's not either or. But which one at the moment? Do you find, feel that God is, is speaking to you? What is he prompting you to grow in? We want to grow stronger here at Freedom Church. What do you want to grow stronger in? What is God prompting you to grow stronger in? Is it the word or is it the spirit? And what I want you to do is uh, to come when you've written it uh, on this board. So when you've written your word, I want you to come up and stick it on this whiteboard. Okay, just as a response. Because God says, I want you to grow. I want you to know me more. So which is it, word or spirit, which you want to? Thank you, Dick. So come and stick it on the whiteboard. And if the band could come up, we're going to finish in worship. <laughs> My mum's crying down here. <laughs> It's all right, mum. You got this. <laughs> oh, don't you just love mums? I love my mum. She's so cool. Oh, I'm a dad, yeah. Dad's all right. <laughs> they are so cool. Uh, they're so cool. I love them. So come and stick them on, just word or spirit. Which one do you want to grow in?
We've got lots of yellows. Lots of yellows. That's good. Bit of pink, bit of orange. Sexy. A bit. to be praised. Stick him over someone else's, it doesn't matter. God knows. God knows. in all circumstances at all times God is good and he sent us his spirit he sent us his spirit to be led to be empowered and he gave us his word what a privilege to have these two things to be able to outwork what we do Peter was only able to do what he did on the day of Pentecost to preach that sermon Right, we're not all called to be preachers. I know that. I'm not standing up here saying that we're all called to preach, all to public speaking. Some people have that gift and that's great, but not all of us do. But we all are called to be spirit-led, to be spirit-empowered. We are all called to read the word, to open it up and to go, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying? God is a speaking God. He's not silent. Praise the Lord. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if he were silent? That'd be awful. We'd be left alone. We wouldn't have a clue what we're doing. But God is a speaking God. What a good God he is. Why don't we stand together in adoration of him. He is so worthy to be praised. Thank the Lord for his spirit. Thank the Lord for his words. And we're going to sing Consuming Fire. Is that right? We're going to sing Consuming Fire. There's got to be more than this, right? There has got to be more than this. Than just life, getting up every day. Let's get plugged in. Let's get plugged into the source of power. Let's listen to the Spirit and go, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? I'm here. Send me. God, what are you saying? For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.